Hello and welcome to another episode of Emacs Chat where we get to meet ah, okay now hello. <laughs> I always I always get tripped up by the timing. So hello and welcome to another episode of Emacs Chat where we get to meet other people who use Emacs and find out what got them into it, how they use it, and other cool things. Today's guest is Carl Voigt, uh, who is still awesome and doing interesting things involving pulling outside information into Emacs. So hello, <laughs> Carl. Um, Hello, Sasha. <laughs> before we dig into all the, you know, all the cool Emacs stuff, tell me a little bit more about how you got, you know, actually first, who, what are you interested in outside of Emacs? You know, who are you? Well, um, I'm I'm located in Austria, uh, so I'm from Europe. So I have a different time zone than you have. And my interest is basically personal information management. So I'm not interested in Emacs as it itself, but Emacs and especially org mode is a very, very cool tool to use. So therefore I'm using Emacs. Um, and I, I love to optimize things. I love to organize things. And I love to learn about new methods. And I love to learn about new tools. And they always did so. And uh, this way, um, I was introduced to Emacs org mode. And uh, well, when I remember correctly, the first feature I was looking into was defining uh, dependencies between to-dos. Huh, wow, yeah. And therefore, uh, to-dos, which are not uh, which which required previous work, for example, do, do not show up on my agenda. Mm -hmm. This was the first killer feature why I started with org mode. Mm -hmm. So let me dig a bit into your, your interest in personal information management and your kind of your life before org mode. You, you sent me this lovely org outline of all the different things that uh, we could talk about. And I saw here like you've, you've gone through a lot of different personal information management tools. Uh, paper, you've mentioned, you know, file facts and hipster yeah. PDA, which I had a lot of fun with yeah. as well before, uh, all the way to PDAs. So tell me a little bit more about what was it like, you know, getting used to all these systems and then trying out Emacs or org mode or, or whatever. What, what, what was it like for you making that shift? Well, um, my big motivations for this is laziness. Um, and I hate forgetting things. So I tend to, to write them down and forget them afterward. <laughs> uh, and another uh, big motivation for me is curiosity, playing around with tools, new methods. And uh, well, I'd like to optimize my life so that I don't have to um, remember all those stuff I have to do for the day. I just look up at my agenda, for example, and it tells me uh, what I have uh, planned for today. Mm -hmm. And yeah, as you mentioned, uh, when I was in school, I started with a simple paper file of facts, and uh, I, I designed my own pages for this file of facts. And um, uh, it was probably end of the 90s when I started to use uh, Palmos devices, for example, Handspring and Palm T3 devices. Then I switched over to a Linux-based PDA, which was a Sharp Tsaros. Uh, then I switched back to Palm OS, and of course, nowadays I'm using Android together with a couple of other tools. For example, I love Tasker, which is a very cool um, mm, app yeah. on Android. Uh, and of course, I, I, I made the bridge over to, to org mode via Memex, you already mentioned. 
which I'm I'm definitely looking forward to learning more about. So you you got this you know this this uh, long running interest in personal information management, mm -hmm. and your wonderful backstory email to me also includes a kind of your history of getting into mm -hmm. Emacs. So you, you know how was that for you? You mentioned uh, you you wrote about getting into it in the nineties, but how did you get started? Uh, with Emacs, um, actually, I can't remember. I don't have. I was thinking about, of course, but I can't remember what was the reason to start with Emacs. Probably somebody recommended it to me, and I uh, I was not paying attention on 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 choice of of an editor back then. But it turned out really pretty pretty good. It had the same features I was accustomed before, and. Um, yeah, well, but at the early stage when I was using Emacs, I was no power user of Emacs. I just used the very, very basic uh, things of an editor, and probably I was using the mouse all the time. I can't remember, actually. <laughs> and uh, for various reasons, I switched over to Vim at the beginning of, I guess it was 2003 or something like that. Uh, and then I was using Vim instead of Emacs all the time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, I guess it was 2011 when somebody showed me Orkmod, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> since since that, I was doing Emacs again, and this time I, I did it uh, better than the first time. So this time I sat down and learned about the basic principles, about the the, the keyboard shortcuts, and how to adapt them, and so forth. Mm -hmm. So not just uh, copy and paste from the internet, and then uh, wondering why why something is broken or something like that. I started actually to learn about Emacs and and Elifs especially. Mm -hmm. so but I'm I'm not so I'm not very familiar with Elis, so I still have to learn a lot to understand Elis code. And uh, for the next couple of weeks, I plan to learn how to uh, debug uh, issues I have with with Orkmod, for example, by myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear from a lot of people that learning how to customize Emacs through mm -hmm. Emacs Lisp is what gets them really into it. I mean, you basically you started off with you know trying it out. You see, just a basic editor. You spent some time. You spent ten years or something like that using Vim <laughs> instead. And then when you when you found that uh, org mode really fit the way that you wanted to do your personal information management, that that gave you enough reason to come back into Emacs. Well, Orkmod is is uh, the best piece of software I was confronted so far. So I I always tend to say Orkmod is a is a big pile of Lego bricks where you can build whatever you want out of it, and there is an infinite number of Lego brick uh, bricks. So you you everybody has a different kind of of uh, thing uh, going on with Orkmod. To everybody, Orkmod is something different, you know. And I like this. I like this very much, and it it suits my my workflows very well. Now, were you studying this? Were you figuring this out on your own, or were you learning from other people? Were other people also using Org and Emacs close to you? Well, I I follow the the Org mode mailing list via uh, Usenet, so Gmail. Mm -hmm. And there I learn a lot because other people's issues are my issues as well most of the time. Uh, and uh, I follow Reddit, for example. Uh, there are some uh, uh, important postings there. And of course, we have a very strong open source community here in Graz, uh, which I like very much. And we have Linux Days, for example. And I also give talks there. And I already gave three talks about org mode. 
and held workshops and so forth. And with all those guys here in Graz, uh, you you get to uh, learn of many new features you were not aware of. Wonderful. Speaking of new features, David Bremner has a question uh, about Memacs and, and mobile org. So he says, sure. it sounds like you don't use mobile org, but rather Memacs. So can you try <laughs> mobile org out? If so, what, do you, what, what made you decide against it? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, actually, I'm using mobile org. I'm using mobile, mobile org a lot, uh, but only for um, seldom look up my, my org mod uh, pages on my mobile phone. Uh, most of the time, I use it for capturing web pages and newspaper articles I read online and so forth to, into org mode. But Memacs is something different. With Memacs, I'm able to integrate a lot of different sources into my org mode. So Memacs is also part of my mobile workflow in terms of there is a module called Simple Phone Lock, I guess. Uh, where I am able to um, scan the, um, for example, the, the phone call lock and generate org mode files out of it, and therefore all my phone calls appear on my agenda. Wow. And so I, I have got to figure out how to do that. Uh, and one of the things that we like doing these emacs, doing these emacs chats, of course, is digging into exactly, uh, like you know, what what does that look like? How does that feel like? <laughs> uh, we, do do we want to jump into the screen sharing image, looking at the explaining yeah, sure. part of this conversation, uh, and then we can uh, dig into the other cool stuff with that you mentioned in your email later. Uh, so please sure. show us what show us what how Memax and, and org mode and all that stuff comes together. Uh, okay, I'm going to share the screen now. So I see the screen. perfect. You see the screen, cool. So actually, with Memacs, I'm able to um, have an agenda that doesn't look only like this. Oh, cool. With screen sharing, I'm not able to open the PDF file. <laughs> not enough storage is available. Cool. <laughs> that's that's interesting. Does that mean your your like maybe your drive is full or? <laughs> you can stop screen sharing first. Open stop stop screen sharing first. Open the file and then come back to screen sharing. How's that? <laughs> yeah. That. Ooh, not enough storage is available to process this. Okay. Meantime, I will uh, proceed to uh, verbally juggle and otherwise distract the audience <laughs> while we deal with technical issues. Uh, okay, so while you're sorting that out, other interesting things that I picked up from your email would be this kind of this organizing information, which uh, you can probably tell is one of my interests as well. How do you, when you've accumulated a lot of notes or, or research or other things like that, how do you make sense of it? How do you organize it so that you can get in, get information? And um, and also see that big picture, right? And you've mentioned here in in this this email under under personal information management something called tag store and tag trees. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you organize massive quantities of information? <laughs> well, for Texas, I have to mention that I was doing a PhD thesis at the university, which was very very great. Uh, I enjoyed it very much, and. Um, this was my topic. My topic was how to organize files and folders other than in a strict hierarchy of folders. So everybody is used to uh, this strict 
folder hierarchy. It's, it's, it was developed in the 50s, I guess. And everybody is using them uh, nowadays as well, uh, despite the fact that this does not scale very well. So I developed a method where I'm using tagging mm -hmm. for files. And uh, within the, 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 the usual file system, and it works on every machine, uh, I generate uh, so-called tag trees. So those tag trees are actually folder hierarchies generated out of the tags. Mm -hmm. And this way, you are able to relocate any information by an arbitrary uh, combination of tags you have used for this information. Mm -hmm. So this was my, my research work and I did of course a research platform prototype and this prototype was called TagStore. And with this prototype I was able to do um, to come up with numbers because I, I confronted uh, ordinary computer users with it and uh, let them uh, file and refine files and I asked them questions and so forth and basically this was my PhD research work. But um, personally, I'm using some kind of different approach because the, the tag trees, tag store approach is more or less for a, uh, the common computer user with no deeper knowledge whatsoever. Uh, but me, I'm personally, I'm, I'm using a different, very, 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 very low tech uh, uh, method to manage my files and uh, I, I try to keep it on the minimum so that it works uh, independent of my current system. I try to be independent of my system, so I'm using Mac OS X, I'm using GNU Linux, and I'm using Windows at work. Um, and therefore, the, the smallest, in, uh, smallest common uh, thing which is available everywhere, which ev on every system, is the file system itself. Yeah. And Therefore, I try to have very, very long file names, very descriptive file names, and I add uh, date stamps, timestamps, and tags directly into those file names. That's actually exactly how I ended up doing things, too, because <laughs> the file name is the only thing that really, it, it's easy yeah. to copy. You don't have to keep an, a separate yeah. data store. Exactly. Copy it into different systems. Let's say, for example, I keep my sketches in Dropbox and Flickr and Evernote. At least if the metadata is in the mm -hmm. file name, it's all there. <laughs> exactly. And it is independent of your backup method, so yeah. each and every backup method doesn't lose metadata you are adding in some kind of fancy system whatsoever. And uh, because I'm a very lazy guy, I tend uh, to do uh, to to keep the, the the effort on a very minimum level. And therefore, I wrote a couple of tools which are very handy to 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 cope with this kind of system. And they're all on my on my on my GitHub page. Um, which, for example, dates to name is a very simple Python tool. Adding date stamps and timestamps in front of the file name. Uh, then I have append file name, which I am using very uh, uh, often for adding descriptive uh, sentences whatsoever to, to photographs and so forth. And uh, my system for uh, tagging is I, I'm using uh, space dash dash space uh, mm. at the end of a file name. That's yeah. my separator. And yeah. afterwards, each and every word is a tag. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you if you're lazy as as I am, <laughs> you do not want to 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 rename all those files manually. <laughs> so I I wrote a tool called File Tag, which yeah. is able to tag one or several files with the same or mm. multiple set of, of of tags and so forth. Nice. When I found out that you can toggle read only in a DRED buffer and then just edit the file names there, I went a little trigger happy and I renamed yeah. a whole bunch of my files and tags in them. Mm -hmm. um, but speaking of files, were you able to open that PDF that you wanted to show us earlier? Oh, sure, yeah. All right. Oops, screen sharing is on again. Well, Carl is bringing us screen sharing. If you're watching this video live, you can ask questions using the Q&A functionality that shows up somewhere when you're watching it. All right. Okay, here we go. Are you seeing my yes. Adobe? Okay, cool. So here's an example of an uh, ordinary uh, day with one presentation, uh, which usually is the case when you're using uh, something like Outlook or something like that without Memacs. So basically, if you go to the 15th of September 2008, there was one presentation about something that was called Texter, and that's it. Okay, but if you have something like Memacs, uh, the same date looks different. So, on this on this screen, you see uh, additional information from text messages, uh, from emails, and so forth. And uh, the story goes that uh, at uh, one three uh, one thirty five, I sent a text message to somebody. Uh, don't forget the presentation at 2 p.m. So, with this information, I know that this person, and I can comp uh, when I click on the phone number, I get to, to my org contact entry of this person, of course. With this information, I know that my colleague, uh, Peter, was joining the presentation as well. Um, then there is the, the presentation starting. And uh, during the presentation, there is a JPEG picture. And I usually don't even rename those those uh, <laughs> pictures anymore because when there is a JPEG uh, which was done during a presentation, it's more or less uh, one of the slides or the presenting person. Mm -hmm. um, therefore, I have a connection between the presentation and an even unnamed or not renamed uh, photograph. Yeah. Then the next one, let's see, is a tweet of mine. The text is pretty clever. <laughs> so actually, I, with this entry, I am aware what I was thinking back then, even when I can't remember what the presentation was, was about. Mm -hmm. Then I uh, have a uh, delicious bookmark uh, from the Texter homepage I, I stored during the presentation, so I have the connection there. Mm -hmm. um, next, at 3.53, there is, I wrote an email about text or slides and featuring uh, features for live logging. So mm -hmm. I was referring to the person presenting that text or slides. I, I want to get text or slides and I uh, have a comment about live logging and so forth. And, and if I click on it, of course, I get to the, the email body. Uh, so I have the connection between the presentation and the email. And, uh, well, that's it, basically, because uh, it, it goes on like this. There is a phone call, and uh, um, 
And there is even a git commit at uh, 5.42 where I added some ideas from the presentation to some uh, repository and so forth. So the basic idea is uh, even if you have all this information, uh, you're not able to use them properly if you don't have the connection between them. Yeah. And Memax is providing a temporal connection because everything which was happening on this day is combined on the agenda of that day. And so I don't have to combine them by myself. Uh, and it is very important to notice that uh, I don't have any kind of additional effort to get this agenda because all those Memax modules are indexing my information fully automatically. So there is only a one-time effort to set up a Memax module, let's say for uh, text messages or for emails or something like that. And then it works, basically, as long as the system you're using is not uh, changing any, any way. So let me see if I get this straight. You've got this magical Python Memax script that, that just pulls in all this information and timestamps it and with a date, of course, and exports it to an org mode format so that you can include that in your agenda files. Exactly. Yeah, this lovely display of your, basically your timeline with everything in it. Exactly, yeah. And so it's, Memax is not, is not very, uh, it, it's not very sophisticated because basically it's exactly the thing you, you already told us. Um, I, I'm trying to, to pass some kind of data, and, and if it's ASCII, I'm very happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, from this information, I generate very, very, very basic headings in org mode uh, style, and those headings are written into org mode archive files, so I'm not uh, distracted on my normal agenda with all this vast amount of information. So as long as I don't activate my archive mode on my agenda, I don't see any Memex at all. Mm -hmm. So you, you basically use it when you're looking back and you're trying to figure out what happened that day. Exactly, exactly. And, well, 99% of all this collected data, I'm not interested, of course. That's, that's for sure. But the 1% uh, I'm interested in the future, I cannot tell what it is, you know? And yeah. as long as there is no effort in collecting and indexing it uh, manually, effort, uh, I'm fine with it. Can you tell me a brief story of maybe some, you know, one time this was this was really useful for you? What was the, you know, what well, was your one percent experience? Well, uh, I'm sure you 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 can recall uh, several uh, events where where you were wondering if if you had stored a bookmark with a certain topic and something like that. So more or less, I, I tend to, to, to look out for some information, for some keyword, for a person, for example. And then I probably do a, a helm do grab, I guess is the command. Uh, for uh, for this topic, and then uh, lots of information pop up associated with this, uh, and I always have the possibility to click on a time or a date stamp and get the agenda of that day, and there is more information associated with it and so forth. So it's more or less navigating in my own files, in my own information. 
Mm -hmm. So, so you, you gave me a short list of the kinds of information that Memax is automatically pulling in for you. Uh, you've got files, photographs, bank account transactions, I guess. Uh, <laughs> your sleeping hours, working hours, reminders, charge times, mis miscellaneous places, text messages, phone calls, news set posts, suites, emails, all the web pages, I guess, that you browse. Yep. Uh, get their subversion commits and bookmarks. Wow, that's a really long list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I can share my screen once again so that everybody can uh, see what we are talking about. Uh, so this is the list uh, you were referring to. And yes, um, well, well, basically that's my setup. You know, there is a, uh, there are a couple of of more Memax modules. Uh, you can use, but th these are the informations I tend to find very handy to to, to have in my uh, to have indexed. Mm -hmm. So uh, my bank statements are uh, there is there are a couple of modules, for example, like my bank statements, uh, which are not fully automatically. So um, from time to time, and I guess my uh, my scheduled. Uh, duration is three months or something like that. I have to download all my bank statements in CSV format, uh, CVS, yeah. Yeah, CVS format, <laughs> and, and these files get indexed, for example. Mm. Uh, my tweets are fully automatically indexed by a module. My emails, of course, when I archive my emails from my inbox, they get uh, indexed. Um, and yeah, th this is a very interesting thing, the web pages, because I not only get the URLs of a web page I'm visiting in my browser in my Memax agenda, yeah. but when I click on this URL on my agenda, I actually get the content in my browser which was uh, available back then when I visited the page. So actually I'm, I'm storing the full web pages. Wow. Each and every web page gets stored on my computer, so I can uh, take a look uh, how Amazon was looking two years ago, for example, nice. or uh, when I have a timestamp when I was doing an inquiry about some new hardware I'm going to buy, I'm able to look up on my Memax what information I was looking up at the browser at this specific time. And even if the web page isn't up anymore, I can get the information. And of course, if you have a uh, if you have a desktop search engine, you can type in any uh, keywords, and you get uh, also the content of a each and every web page you were reading, which is quite handy. That sounds really useful, actually. I often find myself trying to reconstruct my my, my or retrace my ste my steps. So uh, since you can you can you know you can you can deal with hard disk space. You can add more space. You can add more whatever. It makes sense to just save everything, and especially if you can save it automatically. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, of course, a couple of years ago, we we met the point where you are not able to produce more data uh, than which is uh, able to be stored on a hard disk. So if you if you don't look at video, of course, for now. Uh, you're not able to produce as many information that you don't. Uh, you you you're not uh, able to uh, buy a hard disk where everything can be stored on it. Mm, cool, very cool. So that's the kind of the consumption and, and automated tracking side of it. And the other piece that you mentioned was being able to very easily blog from uh, from Oregon <laughs> and get stuff out there. What 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 does that workflow look like? What do you do? Oh yeah. Well, I can show you. 
screen share entire screen. So basically, if I want to do a, a new blog post, I create a new heading like this. Yeah. And then uh, and then I enter uh, the heading. Of course, this is a to-do until <laughs> the blog isn't finished. Um, and I tag it with blog. Okay. And of course, you can add an additional uh, uh, tags. Let's say Emacs or uh, software or something like that, or the personal information management. And then I write the blog post yeah. down there. And uh, then I had to I have to uh, give a, a property ID. Uh -huh. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ID, which is always timestamp and Emacs chat. I uh, timestamp followed by the description at my side, and then I have to mark it as done, and that's. It. This is a new uh, blog post, and it's converted to HTML and uploaded to my web page fully automatically. <laughs> okay, so when you say fully automatically, how does it actually work? <laughs> okay, to be fair, uh, uh, let's let's stop the screen sharing. It's not very important what you see in my Emacs. Uh, to be fair, at this very moment, uh, Lazy Blog, which is which is the name of, of the software I'm I'm programming, which is written in Python, uh, is still work in progress. But it works. You can look at my web page, uh, uh, cal minus uh, minus vot dot at. And uh, everything you see there is a result of, of a direct export from LazyBlog from my org files to my blog. And uh, uh, at the moment, it, I do it manually because you know I have some debugging going on and some checking and so forth. But uh, there is no reason to to automatically uh, with with a cron job or something like that. And there is there are a lot of uh, cool cool features in the pipeline. And at the holidays, I hope I'm I'm going to implement some of them. And uh, it it's very 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 cool to have a block system where I can add a block entry wherever I want. So I don't have one single org mode file which contains all my block files uh, my block entries. Um, I have a file with my hardware inventory, and uh, for example, if I bought some fancy new gadget, I can block there. And if in, in my org contact page, and I, I uh, want to blog about the person, I can block there directly at the at the entry of the person, and so forth. And so the block entries are scattered uh, over my my org mode files, and uh, this is what I wanted to to have, and this was. One of the reasons I, I I started to implement a blocking system by my own. Of course, there's there are a lot of cool blocking systems out there, but none of them was as lazy as Lazy Blog, <laughs> and I guess none of them was able to uh, provide the feature where I was able to uh, block wherever I want. Mm -hmm. 
I like that idea of, of being able to just include the blog entries as part of your regular outline. So whether yeah. it's you know you're putting it as a, an entry underneath the contact, or you're you've got this uh, you know several headings down in a project, and you're putting your blog post underneath that. That makes a lot of sense. So I was looking at the readme for for Lazy Blog, and it it talks about yeah just you know basically processing the entire org file, looking for yeah. all these tagged headings and exporting those to HTML, which is an interesting approach for sure. Uh, I tend to use org to blog, so I actually just take a specific heading, which I can write anywhere, but it takes that heading, uh, that subtree, and and synchronizes it with WordPress. But it still requires that I have WordPress, and it's not it's you know like updating it can be a little bit fun funky. But you've got this just you know export everything and go. That's really yeah, cool. but that has the disadvantage that I had to write my own org mode parser in Python. So yeah. because my my earliest knowledge is not that great, I had to uh, use Python for it and uh, writing an org mode parser uh, in a different <laughs> language than Elisp is kind of a work, you know. <laughs> and so I, I had yeah. to define a subset of of org mode syntax in order to yeah. do it. What I'm getting from uh, from I guess talking to you about Minax and 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 uh, Lazyblog is that you actually like Python a lot, <laughs> and so you end up you do, or or you use it you use it very comfortably, and so you end up building all these little tools that kind well, of work I, with Emacs. I, I, I do not consider myself being a programmer. You know, I'm not that experienced, but Python is the language which which does not hurt that much that other languages hurt, <laughs> for example. Yeah. Well, um, it, I guess if you if you wanted to do things more in Emacs Lisp, uh, like a package like Lnode might be an interesting approach, where you either you could maybe serve the the blog posts directly from Emacs, or you could tell Emacs to do something, and Emacs would do the exporting for you or whatever. Um, but there's there's lots of different ways to do it, and certainly writing a simple parser using just the syntax that you use, because you don't have to make it a deal with all the things you can do with org. You can just deal with the stuff that you use in org. Exactly. Um, that, that that makes perfect sense. Yeah, and those 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 syntax elements are uh, I want to enlarge, of course. There there there. For example, there is missing uh, 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 lists and tables, and these are very important things to me. So I'm hope that I this year I'm able to add uh, t uh, support for tables and and simple lists as well. Can you get around it by, for example, calling Emacs in batch mode with just saying you know ex export. Export this region from this position to that position. Yeah, I was thinking about this as well, but you have to know that uh, when I pass org mode uh, and generate all these HTML uh, pages, I there is a lot of additional stuff going on because I have cool features, for example, like hidden pages, so that I'm able to. Um, Publish uh, blog entries, and uh, only the people I sent the, the link to the entry, uh, mm -hmm. those people are able to read it, and nobody else. Wow. And of course, I'm generating RSS and Atom feeds, <laughs> and and so forth. So it, there is. Uh, I was thinking about this, and I was uh, thinking about adopting uh, uh, other um, generating tools uh, out there. For uh, of course, there are a lot of advantages for this um, um, approach. But then, on the other hand, I was uh, thinking about what I want to have in terms of features, and a lot of those features I wanted to have required that I control. I have. Total control of the generating process by myself. Mm. 
I see. Yeah, this it's always like, you know, you, you can find tools that do most of what you want, but then there's that like the remaining ten percent that yeah. you say, you know, I really wanted to do this and so you end up writing the whole thing instead. <laughs> exactly. And I wanted the perfect block system for my requirements. Yeah. And well it looks pretty great and I'm I'm very yeah. proud using it uh, and yeah. It it so, works so far. It's yeah. cool. You've obviously put a lot of thought into how you use org, which makes sense as your interest in personal information management. Are there other parts of Emacs that you've played around with or tweaked to that kind of extent? Um, what do you mean, for example? Uh, Are there other packages stretching? that you really like? Oh, other packages. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, of course, there is a, a couple of packages for Python programming. But I'm still in, 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 in an evaluation phase where I'm playing around with uh, completion packages and so forth. But I, I'm, uh, well, there's, of course, uh, I can send you the, the link to my uh, Emacs config, which is on, on GitHub. And uh, if anybody's interested what modes I'm, I'm using, uh, I, a couple of weeks ago, I transferred all my Emacs config uh, to uh, uh, what was the name? Orgstruct or something like that. So yeah. that, that there is folding, and you know, and then there is a yeah. heading called uh, modes. And if you uh, extract it, yeah. uh, then uh, you see all those modes I'm using. And I'm using a lot of modes other than org mode. Which is great, because one of the things I actually really enjoy about these Emacs chats is kind of looking at people's configuration, just <laughs> getting a sense of. In all the different things that people use, but also how they're using them. Because it's, it's one thing to read a config, and another thing for, for someone to say, oh, yeah, I added this config because of yeah. this, and I use it because it works well with that. Would you be willing to walk through your configuration and just kind of point out the things that you are happy to configure? Sure. Uh, let me try to start my Emacs config. Okay. Incidentally, so. for people who are watching the video, you can find his config at github.com slash novoid, N-O-V-O-I-D, slash D-O-T dash Emacs. So dot dash Emacs. Uh, sorry about the name. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So are you uh, seeing my, my yeah. config file? Okay. I can see your screen. So cool. Uh, there are some general stuff like, uh, I don't know, disable the menu and so forth, uh, toolbar. Um, I'm using the Sandburn uh, theme for now. Yeah. Many people are interested in, in, in themes <laughs> I read on the internet. Then, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I have some config, uh, uh, some files in uh, different folders, and this is my basic config for that. I'm, I'm, I have to use UTF-8 Unicode yeah. because, of course, uh, you might know um, I'm German, German-speaking person, so umlauts and uh, special characters is very important to me. Yeah. Um, then I use for for keyboard shortcuts. I use uh, something called I don't know what it's called. Uh, some prefix command. Yeah. yeah. Define prefix command, and it's called my map. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So that I'm able to prefix all my commands uh, with uh, Control C, Control, and uh, what's the name? Uh, Comma. Colon. Yeah. Comma. 
Yeah. And uh, all my, my the rest of my commands are only using the, the my map, and therefore oh. I'm able to extract my own commands very easily. Yeah, I always um, forget, uh, you know, which which commands I've overridden, which is why I end up using uh, describe personal yeah. key bindings. But, exactly. Um, but this is great, yeah. Yeah, I'm very uh, keen on, on using prefixes. For example, I have system-wide uh, snippet systems for inserting date and timestamps and so forth, and everywhere I have a, a, a predefined prefix so that it doesn't corrupt with any in feature of a program I'm using. One of the techniques I'm experimenting with now is using keycord uh, keycord mode to uh, to to launch a uh, like a, to to use it as a prefix for commands. So instead mm -hmm. of binding a command directly to the two character combination, I end up using that to just then trigger all these other shortcuts. Seems interesting. More, you know, keeps my fingers off, off the control keys. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, the next session is about a switching system. So I'm using the very same configuration on different kind of systems, mm -hmm. and therefore I have all those functions to be able to uh, switch on and switch off certain functionality depending on the system. That and must be interesting. That must be an interesting challenge, getting the same Emacs to run in so many different systems. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it wasn't that hard at all, oh. because I, I tried out, and uh, everything that which crashed, I disabled on my Windows system. <laughs> 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 that was basically my workflow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you have a lot of conditionals based on that. Uh, font size. I'd like to have a, a slightly uh, greater front, font size than default, and this is uh, how I set it when starting. Then there is oh, there's nothing interesting here. Oh, this is my my Python setup. Uh, you see, it's only for two systems: uh, my PowerPlant Windows and my Gary, which is my Linux box, is using this configuration. And uh, what is in here? Pyflix for checking the commands. Um, um, well, actually, this is not that many. Uh, this is not that much. I, I had more in it, but I I, uh, I had some issues with it, and therefore I kept it at a minimum for this time. Mm. Um, then uh, not so much these days, but actually I'm very uh, keen on using LaTeX, yeah. and this is my my OcTeX setup. It's very basic, so nothing special here. Um, um, here I define system-specific uh, browsers. Mm -hmm. um, then there is, of course, this fly spell configuration. But I'm actually having issues here because on on some systems it's it's German eight, and on another system I have to use N German, and uh, so I have to separate it and uh, actually have to 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 debug this issue. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It, it, dealing with all those little issues, yeah. Oh, and I love Yasnipnit. Uh, I have uh, very many uh, Yasnipnit templates, and I use them all the times. And and I love uh, have, uh, using uh, Yasnipnit templates together with OrgMod. Uh, and I have whole uh, templates for uh, big projects and for wow. uh, reoccurring events. For example, I, I like to to organize. Evenings uh, at the comedy uh, club, for example, and therefore I have every time there is the same workflow. You know, inviting people, uh, 
reserving the tickets and, and so forth and uh, sending out reminding emails. And there is a very cool um, snippet I use which has all those informations in it. So it's very, very uh, a great help to me. I should look into that because basically I've been using org capture templates for the same kind of idea. You know, you have this kind of standard setup for a note or a, or a mm -hmm. or whatever. But um, it sounds like yes, yeah, snippet would be a, a more flexible approach for a lot of this stuff. Yeah, you're can absolutely you, right. Can you show me an example of one of these yes snippets? Like how would you use it in sure, the sure. context of your org file? Okay, I hope it works because the system is behaving some kind of weird with this screen sharing turned on. Um, um, actually, I have to look in my list. So this is the list uh, of uh, things. For example, uh, packliste is uh, for uh, a simple list uh, to remind me uh, what to take with me when I when I travel, for example, I went to do scuba diving and so forth. So it's, yeah. That's a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> I need them from time to time. <laughs> Especially things that uh, don't occur that, that much yeah. are very handy when you have something you can hold on. Yeah, um, for sure. So, for example, what context template for a person might be interesting? Uh, here is the uh, the comedy club template. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's take a look at this one. Oh, okay. So I have to do a little bit of translation here. So Künstler means uh, the artist. Yeah. Artist X Y. Uh, oh, title cool. is title is uh, uh, about me and my dog. Uh, uh, that's the location. Um, this is the number of seats I'm going to reserve, so let's take a big table. Uh, this is the, the day of the, uh, of the event, so actually this is going to be on wow. 24th. And uh, this is the day of the email reminder. Usually that's a couple of days up front. No, that's the, the first email. And this is the day of the reminder, so wow. so let's remind one day after it. And uh, well, that's it. And uh, I have to collapse it in order to show you. Uh, so I want properly. to point out something really cool here for either the people who are listening or or you know, whatever. And the fact that yes, snippet lets you define fields, and then as you type in those fields to replace the the text that was there, it can update other copies of the fields. Works out really well with org mode. In this case, for example, you had the that the artist uh, name uh, show up in the title as well as in that small list of data uh, data points that you had, and you had the various dates for things also turn up in the scheduled items later on. So that's really cool. The way that I have been sol uh, that, that the way that I have been doing this before with org capture templates uh, was to set up these fields, and as you fill in the thing, it will prompt you for the next item and so forth. But by by using yes snippet, you can fill things in in basically any order, or you can leave things blank, and uh, and that's a pretty powerful way. To and do it. and you can have default tags for each and everything. Yeah. Uh, and for example, here is um, uh, here is the to do item uh, for uh, sending out the first email. Uh, so I have uh, I'm I'm not using Emacs for email. I'm using Mutt on my server. 
and I have a list called Cabaret Interessierte, so people interested in, 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 in comedy. Yeah. And actually, I also have uh, the email body of this email, <laughs> which, which is generated from the informations I, I entered above. So uh, I don't have to type all these uh, all these things uh, every time. So I just have to copy and paste in my terminal, and basically that's it. And all those deadlines, and of course the properties. And let's see. There should be some. Yeah, there is a blocking, uh, a blocking uh, property. Right. So as long as there is no not not send out the first email, the second email doesn't make sense at all. So <laughs> here is the, the the blocker for it. That is that is really cool. Well, I am glad I asked about the snippet. <laughs> 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 so okay, so. So using YesNibbit to, to give you a dynamic templates for things and making your life easier by basically just putting all that information together for you so you can just copy and paste, um, that, that is actually really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, laziness. As I told you, one of the greatest uh, motivations for, to me is being lazy. And <laughs> it's, it's pretty fun because uh, because of this laziness, I invest much effort into things like this, <laughs> you know, uh, creating Absolutely. some kind of uh, automatization and so forth often requires more effort than actually doing the stuff later on. But it's more fun <laughs> anyhow. Yes, it is a lot more fun and you, you get to learn interesting things along the way. Especially if you find yourself doing something again and again, you know, it, it can be quite worthwhile. Yeah, Emacs absolutely. is a perfect place, of course, to do this. So Emacs is, is great because you can be as lazy as you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's next for you? You know, what's what what are what are the next things that you're working on or trying to figure out? You mentioned getting more into Emacs Lisp as one of them, which yeah. will help you be even lazier. How are you how are you going about doing that? What can help? Well, actually, I over the last uh, two or three years, I collected a lot of tutorials and and tips and tricks on the mailing list, and I just have to learn it. You know, I have to go through uh, it, and and uh, I have a couple of issues with org mode by now, and uh, it's it's not very efficient uh, to me to post all my issues on the mailing list and hope that somebody takes time and helps me. Uh, it's more efficient when I when I'm able to um, to get to the the core of the problem by myself, yeah. and this is one of the biggest advantages I, I'm going to uh, get when I'm uh, learning to debug ELISP issues by myself, and uh, yeah, of course, implement more features for LazyBlog is very high on my to-do list. Um, and uh, learning and trying out new new modes. For example, I came across uh, some PDF edit modes, for example, <laughs> which are, which look very very cool. Really? Uh, I'm not I'm not very uh, uh, convinced yet, but I have definitely tried it out by myself. Yeah, and uh, lots of lots of modes are out there to be to be tried out. <laughs> I know. Every so often I go through list packages, even the ones that I have installed that I've never tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> carried away. I'm like, cool, this looks great. And then I realized, like, for example, I, I recently uh, looked at my packages list and I realized that the all package, which lets you do a kind of a, an occur uh, to search for matching lines, yeah. but then it lets you edit those lines. Um, so there's an all package that does that, but also Helm Swoop will do that too. So. Exactly. <laughs> totally different exactly. way to do something. 
Okay, so more Emacs lists, especially in terms of Emacs list debugging, kind of getting into how other people's code work, works and how to improve your own. Uh, all of that is very useful. Are there you know, are there things that you're having a hard time figuring figuring out? Or, you know, or do you basically oh, have everything oh. you need? You just have to sit down and use your holidays to have fun with this. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, my my system isn't isn't uh, finished yet. You know, my uh, the, the 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 method I'm organizing information in all my Ogma files. Um, uh, Change with with my requirements, so mm -hmm. it's it's a constant uh, discovery story going on. How to do it better? Is this uh, what I what I thought one year before? Is this valid? Is this still valid, or should I should I change my workflow? Uh, are there any pretty stupid things I have to <laughs> automate and so forth? So it it and and when I have when I have an issue, I want to to optimize. I'm thinking about then as a second step. I'm thinking about the tool to use, and yeah. most of the time it's org mode, but sometimes it's it's a Python script and so forth. So I'm 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 trying to um, to define what is the issue, the problem, yeah. and then as a second step, I'm trying to choose the best tool for this for this job. Yeah, I wonder what Pandoc is written in because I think it's got it's got an org <laughs> parser in it already that you might be able to scavenge for your stuff. Um, anyway, so so yeah, kind of looking at looking at all these opportunities to automate and seeing what else you can you can do to uh, to tweak things. Uh, one of the other things that I'm curious about, and I will take advantage of the, the minutes that we have before wrapping up, is aside from the technical stuff, right? I'm really interested in that personal information management. How do you how do you start managing these really large outlines? You generate a lot of text, right? And yeah. and you have you probably end up, end up having these really long outlines as well with tags and all of that stuff. How how do you make sense of it? Uh, in terms of how to organize the headings and so forth. Something like that, you know. How okay. do you? Uh, fun fun fact is, before we started the interview, I was looking at your blog entry, uh, the, the the most recent one where you described where you organize uh, what headings and so forth. And uh, well, I, I do it pretty similar. Uh, I tend to to have for well, there are a special kind of Ogmal files, for example. Uh, my contact files, it's 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 a, a file of its own. Uh, my my paper references is a file of on its own and so forth. But if I have a, a, a file for uh, a project or my job and so forth, I tend to have big headings like uh, shorts, uh, notes, uh, projects, and events. Yeah. But it's not that strict. So most of the time in, in notes, I have uh, some references, some kind of um, knowledge I want to keep and uh, which I want to find with, with, with grep and so forth. Uh, shorts are uh, to-dos which are in independent of anything else. So these are basically uh, yeah, short to-dos which I, I can do right now. And projects are uh, like you you using uh, combinations of, of uh, to dos which are in one uh, referring to one combined uh, topic, and events are all uh, events which doesn't fit any anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So that's that's more or less my, my system. It was way more elaborated uh, a couple of, of months or years, but I, I tried to 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 simplify it huh. because it, it was of no use uh, 
to 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 overdo this this organizing stuff because with with cool features like helm to grab or, or um, um, sparse trees I use very often and of course a various sets of agendas I'm able to to uh, find and relocate information very easily and therefore I try to to keep the organizing uh, level at a minimum. That's that that's good news because that means I don't have to worry too much about organizing things myself as long as I can get used to the tools for finding things again. So I'm yeah. guessing you use a lot more of your searches and org agenda um, yeah. and, and grab as you mentioned compared to say uh, you know making explicit links between things or tagging lots of things the same or whatever. Do you, do you still use a lot of tags then? Or? Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm using uh, tags very often, but I have to admit I'm not using them very often to relocate information. Huh. But I'm looking into um, coming up with methods to uh, enforce this more often because <laughs> I find tags very useful. Uh, I love uh, deriving uh, uh, sparse trees by tags, for example. Huh. Can you give me an example of when, you know, that's one of the things I'm, I'm trying to get the hang of more myself. I use a lot of search, but I don't use tags as much as I think I should. So uh, well, probably the most important useful. use for tags is uh, responsibilities. So, for example, at work, I have uh, to-dos uh, scattered around on my org mode files. Uh, which rely on certain people and I tend to give um, tags for people so I'm able to derive a, a sparse tree where uh, I get all open issues with Bob let's say. Ah, that makes perfect sense now. Mm -hmm. And that also leads to, you know, <laughs> yet another question. So using org mode with other people around, do have you convinced anyone else to use Emacs and org? Do you share? Ah, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love to give talks and I love to to help other people uh, in in workshops and so forth. And I was I had the, the great uh, fun of conducting an Emacs introductional uh, an org mode introductional workshop uh, uh, two years ago for it was ten people let's say. And at the Grazer Linux days, I was able to, um, uh, to to show what I was doing with Orgmode and Emacs to a lot of other people and so forth. So I'm, I'm enjoying uh, sharing my knowledge, sharing uh, tips and tricks, uh, and, and helping other people start with this very complicated thing like Orgmode because everybody tends to get overwhelmed uh, by the sheer amount of functions and so forth. And um, well, if you take it uh, slowly and you only start with uh, three features you're using, for example, simple lists and outlining and that's it, then it's not that complicated at all. Yeah, I, th I find that kind of giving people something small to, to start with and focus on, you know, getting them used to that first, start with, start with lists. And then, and then deal with subtrees and headings and then tags and so forth. You can you can help them get into it gradually, so it's not as yeah. overwhelming. That's wonderful. And I guess for more tips and uh, and tricks and ideas, people can find you uh, on Twitter and zero v zero id. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's actually no void, but the, the, yeah, the yeah, Twitter alliance with the O was already occupied, so I had to take the zeros. <laughs> And uh, Carl Voit, V O I T dot A T. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the ZMAX chat and sharing all those great uh, org mode stories and examples. And um, Oh, thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. Recording will be up on the event page after this. I'll post them on my blog as well. Um, and I am definitely looking forward to playing around with some ideas. I don't think I can get Nemax to do all the cool things you're doing, but I can probably come up with something similar because it looks like a great idea. Thanks again. I'm going to wrap up here and um, see you all next time. See you.